Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, can the Eternals successfully extend the MCU? The Book of Boba Fett opens up and Dexter returns for some new blood. All this and more. As we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and Vampires and V-Tape, because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, and you can check out all of our games today on Facebook right there in the video section, or as they pop up live, they send you notifications when we're up, including Warlocks and Whiskey. Wizards and Wine, you've got Demolition Force, you got the great stuff that's going on the weekend, and so much more right here at the Pop Vulture Cosmos. And if you do, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. She is the mastermind behind many of those games. Don't tell Rob, but the mastermind <laughs> behind many of those games that she takes care of for the Pop Culture Cosmos, including said games such as whiskey and wine vampires vitae and warlocks and whiskey plus i don't know if she's got any more does she take care of rob's one shot too (laughs) i mean he's learning to press his own buttons i'm very proud to be honest (laughs) okay okay fair enough it is yeah she is a truly incredible part of what we do here at the pop culture cosmos it is melinda barkhouse and melinda great to have you back fellow hosting one more time Mm mm-hmm Ready for a nice, quiet November? I'm so kidding on that because it's going to be action-packed. Yeah, it's going to be a wild month. This is going to be the easy week for you because you need to take a deep breath now Um, because uh over the next three episodes, it's going to be really, really busy. And at the end of the show, we'll go ahead and detail out our plans. We're going to be running awry by the time we go ahead and do these episodes. Of course, yeah. Best laid plans of mites and men and all of that. Exactly. But we'll be talking about just some of the things we'll be talking about upcoming for the next three weeks. 
at the back end of the episode. But for today's episode, we're talking a lot of great things, including the Book of Boba Fett debuted a trailer. Why am I a little bit upset about that? I'll let you know here in a little bit. The Morbius trailer also dropped a second one. That's dropped, so it gives you a little bit more insight into the world of Morbius. So we'll talk about that upcoming film, which is scheduled right now for a January release. We'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Dexter has returned to Showtime. We'll talk about that coming up as well. So we'll see if you're excited for the upcoming Dexter reboot, per se. So we'll talk about Dexter coming up here as well. Finch is a new movie that's now available on Apple Plus with Tom Hanks. And this post-apocalyptic sci-fi adventure with, with Tom Hanks. We'll talk about that movie. Plus, what is Tom Hanks' relationship with Apple? We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. Netflix has debuted this week, The Harder They Fall. So we'll talk about the advanced word on that coming up here in a bit. And again, we will preview some of the stuff that's going on in a very busy November coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first, Melinda, it is The Eternals. It is finally here. And I'm so excited to see that it is out. People are going to be on the fence on this, going to be bored, going to be against it, going to be all over the place. I'm already hearing some stuff on social media for it. I'm going to give it, like I said, a fresh look as best I can, as soon as I can for it. I know that on Rotten Tomatoes, this is the poorest reviewed MCU film ever. Oof. And it is now a certified rotten, although with new reviews, it could be, it's so close right now between rotten and kind of fresh that with a few positive reviews, it'll probably get back into the fresh rating. But right now it is certified rotten. The Metacritic score is not high either. And I think that there's a lot of pushback in regards to that, but there's also a lot of positive signs. In fact, that Marvel is expecting around $150 million worldwide release in its first weekend, which is almost as good as what Shang-Chi did. And I, if to me, if they get that, I'm really happy for them because I really want this movie to succeed. So I want to hear your thoughts first off on The Eternals. Honestly, the stuff that I've been reading about The Eternals is that the biggest problem with the movie is that it's related to the Marvel Universe. What? <laughs> How do you... I mean, what kind of a review is that? How... What? <laughs> yeah, it, it just it's really hard to explain why it's getting such uh, yeah. poor reviews. It's Like I said, right now, Metacritic is 52, which is the lowest MCU-rated film for them. I know that Disney and Marvel cannot be pleased in regards to this. I think that this first week is still going to get heavily supported by the MCU fans because they're going to trust the Marvel brand and they're still going to go out there and support it, I think, pretty well, in my opinion. I think what this low rating, this low review for the Metacritic and the Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff, I think what it does is affects your second week and going forward. I think the word of mouth, as far as the casual fans, as far as what they see and and do, I think whatever happens then, I think will detail the success, the future success of any future The Eternals movies or where The Eternals fit in the timeline of the MCU. Yeah, and that's I think that's the hard part. I think that I'm personally coming to to terms with understanding it is where it 
fits because they're like the omnipresent, all-powerful ogs, correct? Something like that. How does that fit? How does that fit? Uh, and the, the thing is now, even if this movie is not the success that Marvel hopes it will be, where do these characters that you want to sustain and grow going forward in the MCU, how are you going to be able to continue to tell their stories? Or are you? We've already seen with a Marvel television show, The Inhumans, that if it comes out and it's a turkey and it's a bad thing, that they just wipe that sucker under the rug and they never talk about it again. So yes. if it's, I'm hoping Well, I mean, that isn't that how we all are with our failures, though? Yeah. I mean, you're certainly not going to roll out the red carpet for a dud, you know? And I'm so sad for this, you know, as far as the, the advanced word. Again, I've not seen the film. Chloe Zhao is the Academy Award winning director of Nomadland. I mean, the pedigree is yeah. there. She is such a oh. skilled archer, And I'm just so sad to see the advanced word on it already is like this. Yeah. And I mean, you you couldn't have a more packed cast, really. Yeah. So... I mean, is the problem with it, you know, the same kind of problem that we see with novels where they try to put two books into one movie? Did they just try to tell too much of a story in the first movie? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, um, well it, we saw that before with, with something relating to Dune, which I just checked out in right? the IMAX theater last night. And I, oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to see it now after they hear this in IMAX because of the fact that. The Eternals is now going to suck up all the IMAX theaters. But if you still get a chance to go ahead and see it on IMAX, uh, please do, because it is an amazing experience to see it. And as someone who has seen on TV and now has seen it on IMAX, the IMAX is substantially better, that version. And uh, it was definitely made for that that type of form, that, that type of platform. And sure. yeah, I, I'm hoping the Eternals will show off better in that type of showcase as well. But yeah, it's just, it's really hard to, to uh, go ahead and see this kind of stumble with the critics. This is something that, again, we were afraid of at some point in time. It's, you know, ever since Thor The Dark World and Iron Man 2 and some of those early kind of negatively reviewed or negatively thought of films, uh, you know, the, the Hulk movies, uh, you know, those those films are not exactly beloved either. So Marvel will continue to thrive and it shouldn't be a problem, but you know, I think that for these characters, that may be a problem as far as them growing forward. Kit Harrington's the Black Knight. He is supposed to be someone that is supposed to just his origin story is to start off here and then grow and, and expand beyond the Eternals into something more alongside the Avengers. And then you have with the Eternals themselves. Do they just go off in the sunset or do they, you know, with Marvel, do you go ahead and expand their roles from here? I'm hoping we'll see. But I'm not sure because it, a lot of it depends on how they perceive the general audience's view of them going forward. Yeah, I'm just worried that, I mean, maybe it's, maybe they should have taken like one of the characters of the Eternals and introduced them in this movie and then one in that movie and then pulled them together for the Eternals movie. Maybe dropping this onto an audience is a bit. Maybe it's too much. I I honestly, Gerald, I don't know. I'm stumped on this one. I don't have an answer for this one. I agree with you on that because, I mean, just the way it sets itself up, you're asking the general audience to try and understand what the Eternals are. Why were they out of action for so long? Why didn't they help against Thanos? 
what's their deal as far as why are they been amongst humans for so long you know the explainer on that has to be so tough for chloe Zhao. and i did speak to this with jeff sabota on our monday show from the mc's bleeding edge about how tall of a task is it for chloe Zhao to go ahead and try and do this to for as an explainer for these eternals to exist in our society for so long for so many thousands and thousands of years and just be a bystander it's kind of weird how they laid this out i wish they would have laid out something like this because it it, it kind of a ways it's kind of like an origin story as well as far as the explainer behind what happens with the you know the the whole eternals and the, the whole nine yards about as far as how it evolved thousands of years before this this actual mcu is taking place so why did couldn't they have explained this maybe or had something like this showcased much sooner I just, it seems like it, it we better fit at the beginning of the MCU timeline because some of this does take place at the beginning of the MCU. Yes, I agree. And I understand that. I mean, I understand why they might have pushed it into this is the fourth phase, right, for the MCU. So I understand because they're not as popular as, you know, an Iron Man or a Thor or a Hulk or, you know, Black Widow. So taking them and putting them into the fourth phase of the movie releases makes sense from a studio perspective. But when you're trying to create the MCU timeline, it should have been one of the first. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. So um, anyway, or I mean, there was there, I'm sure that there were ways that they could have had like Kit Harrington's character show up even briefly in a movie to lend an assist for something or have had them like in the background during the, the massive battle against Thanos. And they could have just been like Easter eggs for people to have found in, in that movie. Just something that said, we're, we're here. We don't really participate, but we're definitely here. Just something to ground them in the universe a little bit. I think it's, it's I think it's just asking a lot for people who aren't devoted comic book fans. Yeah, and well, Kit Harrington's the Black Knight doesn't discover his powers when we first meet him. He's just a, a researcher. But sure. the Eternals themselves, like you said, they're you know they were just watching for thousands of years, and I don't know, just being the way that they are, just being like observers for thousands of years and just interact amongst humans, but not really wanting to participate, and because they were told and had directions to not being able to involve themselves and and do any of the humanity's wars or ultimately the fight against thanos it's just a hard deal for a lot of people to accept and the general audience as i always tell you it's not the hardcores that you have to go ahead and try and explain this movie to right it's the general audience it's the you and the i that didn't read the eternals comic books that don't understand the eternals and not going to take the extra time to read the comic books that are going to come into it just blindly because it's a Marvel movie. And we think, okay, Marvel's going to work itself out. It's Marvel. It's been right. a problem for over 10 years. And right. then you realize you're going to have some missteps every now and then. And this apparently on the surface may be just that. Yeah. And, you know, these are early reviews. So perhaps the critics are being harsh. I don't uh, know. Uh, I mean, are you going to check it out? I know I am here in the next few days. I'm well, try yeah, try and, and I'm one of those people. It's a Marvel movie, so I'm probably going to go see it. I know I've got a young lady as a Marvel super fan that is going to make sure that I go. And this was something that I was fearing, though, that I, I just didn't have great vibes off the trailers. 
And I know a lot of people were more excited than I am. And I wanted to get excited because you saw my excitement for Shang-Chi and the, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes. I was so excited for Black Widow after so many years on this show saying that we needed a Black Widow movie and finally getting one. And I was so excited for that to come onto the screen. I just never had the real vibes for this film yet. And I'm still going to go into it trying to do the best I can to enjoy it. And I'm hoping I will. I mean... I know Dune itself, some people saying, eh, it's not the greatest. Some people saying it's really good. I went in there with an open mind, again, on both the TV and also IMAX versions, and I enjoyed it so much more than I think a lot of people did. So I'm hoping I'll have the same effect with the Eternals. But yeah, right now, if you're Marvel, it's kind of like, eh, you know, going into <laughs> the fact that they'll be taking several months off from their end, not from Sony's end, because you still got spider-man no way home and also morbius on that end that they're working in conjunction with sony but on the actual disney mcu front if you're not talking a tv show like cockeye you've got a several months off until a movie that you have to go ahead and make sure you get right in doctor strange because you cannot have two of these mcu films be bad back to back right agreed yeah that's woof i mean are we at our fill of comic book movies? Is this is this when it happens? Well, this might be the start of when it happens. I mean, you still got coming up here at Disney Plus, Hawkeye, which I'm extremely excited for. I cannot tell you how much I'm enjoying the vibe and the diehard feel of it. it. You know, as far as Jeremy Renner putting him in that situation where it finally may justify his character in a lot of negative eyes that have viewed him negatively over the years as far as the Hawkeye character being part of the, the Avengers. Hopefully that will redeem his character. And you've got Spider-Man No Way Home, which a lot of people are excited for because of the multiverse. And they'll see all these characters from the past pop up onto the screen. Yes, Morbius, that's something we're going to talk about here in a sec. But overall, your last impressions going in to go see The Eternals. Open-minded, but skeptical. I'm going into the movie with hope. <laughs> As will I, my friend. As right? will I. <laughs> That's the best I can do. <laughs> what are your thoughts out there on the Eternals? Please share us your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. So let me get this straight. We're gonna play a like a video game together or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Oh, uh, that's it's it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you're... Here, you're going to need these two. Dice? You've just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. We got so much more to talk about on today's program, Melinda. It is once again Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend Melinda Barkhouse, the mastermind behind many of our games here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We're the number one RPG streamer on Facebook. Please go ahead and check out all of our great videos today on Facebook, right there for you at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we have started a new audio channel. It is RPG Adventures with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Starting with our first episode, Meet the DMs. You can go ahead and check out that today, wherever you get your podcast. That's RPG Adventures with the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
there was a trailer that did drop in the Marvel Universe, kind of. It's kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe because it will be taking place at some point in time along the lines of in Tom Holland's Spider-Man's universe, and that is Morbius, the vampire. You know, he's ready to suck some blood and to try and cure. By the way, disease. Gerald, no vampire I've ever met makes that noise. Okay, okay. No, okay. that's a, that's a Chianti and liver kind okay, of. Okay, well, those fangs. You know, I had some saliva, so there you go. I had issues here, <laughs> or maybe without some blood, I was trying to suck up there. But right, right, right. From right, a right. fresh victim or whatnot. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you this. I mean, the Morbius trailer came out, the second yes. one. Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty impressed by it. It's going to delve into some dark themes, similar to what we saw with Venom. In fact, yes. actually, Venom is spoken about in this particular trailer yeah, because it, it's, it's a name drop. Yeah, exactly. Because they're in the same timeline, they're in the same universe when they start off with. Now, if you caught the post credit scene in Venom and spoilers, I'll give you a second to go ahead and turn it out for just a couple seconds. Okay, went, la, 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 la. just kidding. <laughs> you realize that Venom is now been transported into the same universe as Tom Holland's Spider-Man. In the previous universe that he was in, Morbius is in that timeline. That's how it's explained and his origin story is told from there. But at some point in time, he's going to be meandering his way through into Tom Holland's universe at some point. I mean, you know, that's got to be because at some point in time, you're going to have to have a Sinister Six type movie battling against Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But yeah. the Morbius trailer with Jared Leto, who I think is doing a pretty good job in it. This is kind of a different role for him. I usually will see him in roles where he can just transform himself into something different like the upcoming House of Gucci, which I really want to go ahead and check out, which is Ridley Scott's film that I do want to check out. I'm not exactly yes. thrilled with The Last Duel. And the, I told you already, the, the British accents <laughs> for French, French. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, played by Americans, you know, okay, follow that chain right there for you. That's kind of a 1776 <laughs> yeah. joke yeah. there for At you, I guess. At what point did all of that make sense? Yeah, that's a Revolutionary <laughs> War type joke there for you in there somewhere. But I wanted to ask you this, when it concerns Morbius, to me, I really am, am kind of interested in, again, they do mention Venom, so it has that that type of same dark feel, and you see his origin story because he's trying to cure his disease, and he goes ahead and tries, I think, electroshock therapy along the same time he is invaded with a whole bunch of bats at the same time, if you see the trailer, I guess the gist of it. Your thoughts on Morbius. I find this intriguing. I really do. And I really like Jared Leto as an actor. So I'm going to look at it from a bit of a different perspective here because I, I mean, I role play in Vampires and Vitae. So I enjoy vampire lore. I enjoy vampire stories. Really? I, the never bad could have told. I, I, I really, right? I never could tell. I know. Look how pale I am today. It's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. But what I'm excited about is an opportunity to see first of all, a vampire story in the movie theaters. So I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to, to be able to go to a movie just to, to take in a, a vampire flick. The fact that it's mixed in with all of those movies that you've mentioned and that it's going to have, you know, a darker tone, darker themes, all of that stuff. Gerald, that's my jam, man. There's nothing about this movie that makes me go, eh, it might be pretty bad. I even liked the third Blade movie, so maybe you shouldn't be taking my 
point of view on this. I, I kind of like the blade. It's got some charm. Right. And of course, Ryan Reynolds, you know, right. doing Ryan Reynolds throughout the entire movie. I mean, right. it was all right for what yeah. it was. I, I watched it. I bore through it. But speaking of which, uh-huh. that's when I will be excited for vampires in the Marvel Universe is when the next blade comes out with Mahersha Ali. I, I am so excited for that yeah. one when that comes yeah. out. As someone who enjoyed so much the original Blade movie, I, I would love to see this. Although I would love to see Wesley Snipes come back as Whistler's character. Oh my that God. would I, that would be I think very prophetic, very wow. prophetic. Yeah. Ooh, that would be so good. Yeah, Gerald, he is right around. He, he was well. This has already been passed around by fans. So I, <laughs> you know, this I mean, it, believe me, it's already out. Marvel already knows it's been suggested. Sure. I think he is at the same, around the same age as Chris Christopherson was when he played the role. So okay. I'm, just, I'm, I'm thinking that might work, but that's just me. That's a movie I really will be excited for, but Morbius, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. But again, as someone who is our vampire specialist here, I mean, this is something <laughs> that you're, you're, it's not a, it's not a traditional no, vampire story. Yeah. So I think that's what makes it more interesting to me is that the fact it's not your traditional, okay, this person bites this other person on the neck and suddenly he's a vampire and there you go. This is something entirely different. Yes, it is. And I love any opportunity to see and read or watch a different kind of take on the vampire curse, if you want to call it that, any kind of thing that deals with the origins of vampirism in any form i think is interesting to explore i mean we've been telling these stories for hundred well maybe not thousands of years but definitely hundreds of years so there is something intriguing about the, the the creature itself and then you take it you add jared leto you make it a little bit sexy you make it a little bit terrifying you make it a little bit dark and that's going to appeal to i think a lot of people so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for it and this is a, a type of movie that Sony has already had success with. I mean, obviously with the Venom movie, the original one, and the fact that it was one of the highest grossing R-rated movies of all time, and you've got Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, that has done well as well for the pandemic. I mean, this is something that Sony has already recreated. So this is not unknown territory, creating a darker most likely R-rated yes. superhero movie. I think this, I don't know if for sure, but I'm, my guess is that it will be an R-rated movie when it gets released because, again, Sony already has this niche down. I have faith in Sony being able to come up with a story like this. And it just helps sets up even further this Spider-Verse that they're trying to go ahead and create. Again, ultimately leading to some type of Sinister Six battle. I don't know if Spider-Man's going to team up with Venom or if he's going to be facing off with Venom first or if they're going to be fighting against the Sinister Six. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm excited to go ahead and see how Kraven the Hunter, Morbius, all this other Spider-Man villainy that he's made so mad over the years because only Spider-Man can get angry all these different <laughs> villains because he has like hundreds of villains. I think there's over 900 characters that Sony has the rights to in the Spider-Verse. 900 characters 900 900 now not all of them are mad at, at peter parker my but... goodness i was gonna say i don't even know 900 people um, yeah. although i imagine there could be 900 people who are mad at me <laughs> well if you also look in the trailer there's a newspaper article and it says you know along the front it's about morbius mainly but on the top it's it talks about black cat 
There's also mentions of Oscorp. So they're already setting up this Spider-Verse with a lot of individuals from the Spider-Verse already. So they've got a lot to draw from. So I'm very intrigued in what's upcoming for Morbius. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to the film. Even if it's bad, I'm still probably going to like it a little bit. Well, and that's the thing. If it's bad, if Spider-Man, No Way Home, and the Eternals all are below expectations. Yeah. That's not good. (laughs) That's not good. What you just said earlier in the show in regards to the faith that we have in the MCU and the burnout we could have over superhero movies that could really take place if all three of those movies are stinkers. And that's really not good for Marvel and DC. Because remember, there's always a residual effect when one yes. isn't working off the other. Yes, definitely. And we have a lot coming up that we're also very excited for from the DC universe. So perhaps we're going to come into a couple of stinkers from Marvel and perhaps we're going to come into some really great movies from DC. Maybe there's going to be a little switcheroo there. Maybe there is. Maybe DC can take advantage of this situation and start to really, really gain a foothold as maybe the number one superhero outlet. Maybe by this time next year, you never know. You never know because they've got a lot in the works as well. And with successes such as the Joker successes, such as Aquaman that have both earned over a billion dollars at the box office with other successful movies that they've had. You never know. Although they do have Wonder Woman 1984 that didn't do so well. Yeah. overall as far as critically and i know it helped hbo max but it didn't do anything at the box office because it you know it came out during the right at the height of the pandemic yeah so we'll see what happens but it is a very interesting time right now for superhero films and the fact that you know it's not definitively marvel anymore could be saying right. something yeah absolutely but what are your <laughs> thoughts out there on morbius are you ready to take a bite out of morbius are you ready to suck some blood coming up this january with morbius and that movie please share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com i gotta do it again (laughs) i gotta do it again you know just because i knew it would make you laugh but coming up next we've got a lot more things to talk about including the book of boba fett dexter returning to showtime finch the harder they fall and we'll talk about our very busy rest of the month of November. That's coming up on the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. And we're back with the show's The PC Multiverse. It's Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend, Melinda Barkhouse. Again, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. Please go ahead and check out our many, 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 many games. Mm-hmm. on facebook that are out there right now for you including vampires and vitae season two yes go ahead and check out the action there how's it going with V? it's going really well so this friday is our fifth episode that's going to drop 
Then on Sunday, we stream episode six. So you can listen to episode five, jump right into episode six on Sunday, starting at 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. And hopefully you dig the vampire story we're trying to tell. I know they will. If you give it a shot, you'll be very intrigued by the whole vampire story of vampires and BTA. <laughs> None of us make that noise. Okay. okay. <laughs> just uh, just trying to make sure. Just trying to make sure. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But we've got more great things to talk about. <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett. That yes. trailer dropped. I'm kind of upset. And why are you upset? Why because of the fact that why would you drop it this week when you've got Disney Plus Day coming right around the corner? In fact, it'll be, I think the, was it the 12th? It's coming up in that right of the, one of the busiest times ever for pop culture, right in the teens for November. And we'll right. talk about more of this in, in the back of the show, but Disney Plus Day is coming. Why would you not drop it then? I know you're going to probably drop another trailer for it, but it just makes more sense to me why you would not drop the first trailer for the Book of Boba Fett. Maybe they're going to do one of those things where you get to see like the first five minutes of the first episode. Maybe, but I just I love those, by the way. More people need to do that. I really like what I saw about the underworld, the mysterious underworld yes. crime and, and just, yes. uh, yeah, like a mob family. There you go. As far as the fallen ashes of what happened with the underworld and the criminal underworld. But Tamara Morrison returning to the role of Boba Fett, he, you know, he's, such beloved character Boba Fett is in the Star Wars universe, and so many people have wanted to see Boba Fett in this type of solo adventure. Although he does have Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand, who is a character that was a, a great part of the Mandalorian as well. It's funny if you go to IMDb, you see those two characters listed, no one else except for Jennifer Beals from Flashdance. She's listed out as one episode. And I was thought that was so random. I just didn't yeah. understand why. Doesn't say what characters she's playing or anything like it just shows Jennifer Beals is in one episode. And this I'm like, that's so random. Yeah. I hope she's a club owner or like a something like completely random like that. That would be really fun, actually. But what are your thoughts on the book of Boba Fett? You're seeing the remnants of what it was ever left as far as Jabba the Hutt's empire, you know, after yeah. his fall. We see what happens with Boba Fett now trying to take control. And he's trying to control with respect instead of fear with the other generals and captains. And you see that take place. But this has very much of a godfather type of feel. It really does. Yeah. And that's the part I think that as a casual Star Wars fan, that's enough to make me want to at least tune into a couple of episodes and, and see what's happening here. I hope um, they don't I, do a Marlon Brando, though. I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. You come here on the day of my daughter's wedding and you ask me for this favor. No, but I'm so excited about it. I I think that the trailer did a really good job of explaining it enough for a casual fan to be able to follow it enough to go, okay, that's what this is about. I'm probably going to watch a couple of episodes and see how it goes. And and if it hooks me, it hooks me. And if it doesn't hook me, I feel like that's probably going to be okay as well. Again, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so I can't say that I'm going to be like offended and mad and I'm going to shout at people on the internet about it. That's definitely not what's going to happen here. But yeah, I'm intrigued enough to tune in as a, again, casual Star Wars fan. 
but you know this is something very interesting that they're they're trying to do and i appreciate it i really want to see it and i'm really interested in seeing what how it it lays itself out i'm hoping it's not a one-off though because if it is it's really not doing itself justice to that part of the star wars universe yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the the Boba Fett character obviously is a pretty significant character for people to have grabbed a hold of the character the way that they have. And I think that doing a one season, six episode venture into television probably isn't going to feel like enough for a lot of people. So I, I th- hopefully they leave the door blatantly open for a season two or a continuation of more episodes for season one who knows i hope so i hope so and if that's the case it's something i could be really connected with and then of course leads into our lovable grogu lovable baby yoda right yeah he's getting the jedi training some point in time that we'll see in early i'm hoping very early probably not so early probably spring 2022 right the mandalorian I'm hoping that they'll go ahead and be able to still connect it to that series. Maybe Boba Fett and Fennec Shan will be able to go and matriculate back and forth in the Mandalorian universe and then go back to their own universe with the Book of Boba Fett. So I'm hoping they'll be able to go ahead and continue on in that series. And it's not just, okay, out of sight, out of mind, and there you go. I'm I'm hoping that they'll be able to go ahead and make appearances on the Mandalorian as well. Yeah. I I can't, well, I mean, it would have missed opportunity to not follow through with something like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> we've seen it before, so I don't want to. but my goodness. We'll see what happens, though. But are you excited for the Book of Boba Fett? Are you ready to delve into the world, the criminal underworld of the Star Wars universe with the opening of the Book of Boba Fett? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, there's still so much to talk about on today's show because Dexter is looking for some new blood. Showtime has revived the Dexter character and is looking to go ahead and bring us new episodes of this revival of the Dexter brand with some of the characters returning and obviously Dexter reprising his role. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I know it was something that a lot of people enjoyed when they, you know, those who had Showtime and had access to the series. A lot of people enjoy it for what it's worth. Showtime is not in the same position that it once was many hmm. years ago when Dexter was first finding its way. Showtime was, how best I can say this, Showtime was one of the top paid cable outlets that you would probably get, you know, along with HBO and Cinemax and a couple others. But now, 10 years later, the landscape has changed and it's all about streaming and and Showtime is now a much smaller player in the industry, but still a lot of people are excited to go ahead and check out what Dexter, this reboot is all about, or I'm sorry to say extension. I should say it's not a reboot, but an extension of the series per se. Yeah. And, and to me, that's a a smart move by showcase. So it's like, Hey guys, we still have this guy. (laughs) It is Dexter looking for new blood. So this called Dexter new blood. Right. So that's, yeah, I, I just feel like that's a a pretty smart move. And I mean, HBO has HBO Max and Showtime is, do they have their own or are they streaming on one of the other ones? I'm Uh, sorry. They're doing their own thing. Yeah. So So you have HBO and they're, I mean, 
we don't talk about the last season of Game of Thrones, but you know, they're, they have their next one coming up in the Game of Thrones universe with the show that focuses on the Targaryens. And I think that's smart when you already have a built in dedicated fan base, you can just go ahead and pull them back in just by dropping some episodes of things that they've already loved and, and characters that they're already at least a little bit familiar with. But in the case of Dexter, obviously, we know that character very well. Absolutely. And again, it will have Michael C. Hall reprising his role of Dexter. You have John Lithgow, Jennifer Carpenter. Those are familiar faces from the previous iteration of the series. Yes. And a lot of people are really excited for this. Though I don't know how well it's going to do as far as popularity or boosting the Showtime brand back into prominence. We'll see how that goes because Showtime doesn't have as many things to offer as it once did. That's true. And if they're smart, they have something really impressive in the wings. If they attract people back via Dexter, you know, strategically place some commercials and advertisements for this hot new thing that they're going to drop and, you know, use Dexter more like a vehicle to be able to bring attention back to their channel. Exactly. So I'm very yeah. curious to see how this there is going to be laid out this Dexter New Blood series, because is it going to be something that they're going to stick with? Is it going to be something limited? I mean, it is set up a decade after what the original series and how that ended, right. which I think a lot of people were satisfied with how the series ended before. So whenever you go back and, and delve into this type of deal where we're going to be seeing a lot more of this, where all these classic series or many of these classic series, which you thought ended on a certain note, whether it was a good ending or a bad ending, what have you, because 10, 15 years later, oh, maybe that's a good idea to go ahead and revive this. So we're going to see some hits and misses from this. We'll wait and see. I mean, we've seen some successes already. Peacock has had some success reviving some of its old shows from the past. We'll yeah. see what Showtime does for, for this series. So I'm interested. I'm intrigued with Dexter New Blood. I'm just kind of concerned when you go ahead into something that was so satisfying to so many people and then try to dip into that well once again. Sure, yeah. And will the next time that the show comes to a conclusion, will the ending be as satisfying as it was the first time around? Who knows? That would be, that would be something to be careful of. Yeah, absolutely. I well, mean, that's daunting. I would have bailed on that project right there at that point. <laughs> like, yeah. well... <laughs> well, I think there's also monetary reasons why, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, you want to stick around, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. You got this point. Well, yeah. I know it ended on such a good note, but I think I can come back. I can be persuaded. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the truth will be in the numbers, won't it? Exactly. I don't know if Showtime will ever release those numbers, but if it trends on social media and people are talking about it and people are, yeah. are interested in it and they're telling their friends to go check it out and get Showtime, obviously that's a win for Showtime if that's the case. But we will see with Dexter and New Blood just exactly how interested a lot of people are to get back into the world of Dexter with this new series. What are your thoughts out there on Dexter New Blood? We want to hear your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com and really he's not a vampire but it deals with blood so <laughs> i had to do that one last time oh so gross <laughs> <laughs> oh i just thought I, I had to do it 
I have to yes, you always have to. I understand. Yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but coming up after the break, Melinda and I will probably compose ourselves, hopefully. Who knows? With us, you never know. But we will come back. We're going to be talking about Finch. Netflix is the harder they fall. And why are Melinda and I going to be tired when it comes to December? Because we're going to be exhausted after three weeks of nothing but pop culture in our face. Oh, my God. Yeah, because it's going to be so busy. We're going to be really busy. We're not going to have life. I don't have one now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, there you go. We're going to tell you why she will have even further no life coming up in the next few weeks, coming up the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show's PCC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse right there. And me, Gerald Glassford, thank you so much for listening and watching. I want to give a big shout out to all the radio stations that play our show worldwide each and every day of the week. I want to thank you so much. Or if you're catching this on any one of the podcast outlets, and I look at the Apple charts, and we're being played all over the world in the entertainment news section. And I'm just going to say for the heart, thank you so much for listening to us because it is sincerely appreciated by all of us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I mean, it is crazy. I, I got to send that over to you sometimes, some of the places where we chart uh, across the world. I mean, all over. And it's really cool that, that all these people around the world dig us here and what we're doing. So Yeah, it's awesome. Very yes. great props. Yes, indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and hit you up on this. Finch with Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. It's Apple Plus, and that's a movie that you know deals with, uh, I think, apocalyptic theme. Nothing really original there, but it's mainly another, for the most part, Tom Hanks solo. I'm going to drive this whole film by myself, and it's kind of like Castaway in that sense. Although he's okay. interacting with a dog, and then an AI he's interacting with for for the majority of the movie. If you see the trailer that's out there, it's it's really something that's cool, and I. I'm going to probably get a chance to sit down and watch it. And I think, it, again, it's when you have Tom Hanks for two hours, Tom Hanks can just entertain you by himself for two hours because he's already done it on more than one occasion. So yeah. it's something that really he is very skilled. And, you know, one of these days, maybe when there's more time, we need to go ahead and sit down and talk about the greatest actors of all time. I think Tom Hanks is on that very short list. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, look at the look at the roles, uh, even in the last like 15 years that he has had. Talk about a diverse portfolio. It is a very diverse por- it is, portfolio. Yeah. yeah, and he is just so good at, at all the things he does. He has evolved so much as an actor. I do want to go ahead and say that he did take some time out on a recent talk show to go ahead and pay respects to uh, Fallen co-star Peter Scolari, who passed mm-hmm. away from cancer last week. Yeah. who he got his original big break in Boosom Buddies. 
Right. Because he had appeared in some sitcoms and whatnot as a guest. Uh, and then I think also uh, Family Ties. I think he was in as, as an uncle who had an alcohol problem. And he right. appeared in around that time. But his big break, I think, as a star, it started to bloom with Bosom Buddies with Peter Scolari. And Peter Scolari had a great career himself as far as TV is concerned. So uh, our respects to the family. And he paid respects uh, recently on, on talk shows because... You know, he he's really seems like a nice guy. In Beijing, I love when he goes and he photo bombs weddings. He interrupts weddings. He photo bombs them. I think he did this past weekend. So, yeah. you know, he's just he's such a great actor. And him right now in Finch. What I want to do though is talk about his his success with Apple Plus because he's a lot of these movies that he's doing are heading to Apple Plus as of late. Something that's happened right now for the past two years where a lot of the stuff is channeling towards that. He obviously has a deal set up with Apple that, that a lot of his stuff is gearing towards there and premiering there first. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, he is understanding, I guess, the dynamic of what his popularity is, who the age group he's primarily popularizing himself to, yes. and the trend that where they're going because individuals... 50 and older that are not named Gerald Glassford are going to <laughs> movie theaters less and less. Right. But that's the crowd that is most intrigued or most entertained by what Tom Hanks does. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear your thoughts on how he is evolving as an actor, even in right now, his mid sixties, how he's still able to evolve, still able to go ahead and showcase himself as a leading actor, which is something very hard to do because there's a lot of ageism that goes on in Hollywood in the past where, okay, once you hit a certain age, you can't front a movie anymore. But right. he has proven to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm still fronting movies that are successful, but I'm doing it now in a different format now on streaming platforms. Yeah, I think that that's a, a smart evolution of a career. And, you know, kudos maybe to his agent for helping to steer that and guide that for Tom Hanks. You know? you know, it used to be a dirty word to be doing streaming or to be, you know, if you the old days where a movie actor would never go ahead and do TV shows because they felt it was beneath them. Right. And a TV TV actor always wanted to do a movie because they felt it was the, the biggest plateau. Yeah. Now you've got movie stars that are dying to go ahead and doing streaming stuff and vice versa. So it's really weird how this is played out. But yeah, Tom Hanks doing this, I mean. Is something that you're going to see him do going forward. I mean, you'll probably see him occasionally do a movie that's presented in a box office format, depending on the maybe the uh, I guess the the viability of it at the box office. But you will probably be seeing more smaller projects such as this because this is basically again a one man show for him. Yeah, that I think that it's something that people will have to get used to going forward, and I don't think it's a bad deal at all. No, I don't think it's a bad deal. And I think that, you know, once you are, once you become a Tom Hanks, you can very easily pick and choose your projects. And I suspect, although I don't know for sure, because heaven knows I am a million years away from anything Hollywood, but I would suspect that the agent has, has helped in this a lot. I'm sure that Tom is a, a very smart guy and could probably read the writing on the wall for that kind of thing as well. But I think that the proper guidance is helping him to stay absolutely relevant, along with incredible charisma and, you know, a, a great talent for acting. 
Absolutely. I agree with you that his charisma, I think, is probably the reason why he is connected with audiences for what? Uh, and this is four decades, five decades now, I think yeah. if you could look into it, starting with the 80s, 80s, yeah, 90s. Mean- 2000s 2010s and now into the 2020s i want to say that one of my first tom hanks movies that like left an impression was big absolutely that's that's where he really started to gain a foothold with movie audiences yeah we talked about booze and buddies for him as a starting real cool starting point for him in tv Mm -hmm. big i think was a really good showcase for his leading man skills so i I really i agree with you on that i think that's an excellent choice right there and i think when it comes to tom hanks when his time is done i think we're going to look back on him as far as one of the greatest actors of all time we already do and again we should have this discussion at some slow point in the pop culture universe he'll think of ways you know because there are there are a few times during the year where it's kind of slow and the news doesn't come out quite as fast or quite as Mm -hmm. prominent so we try to go ahead and fill it up with certain subjects josh and i and i know melinda you and i haven't had that point yet but i think the fact that we'll be able to fill it up and maybe thoughts on on the best of maybe the best actors and actresses out there that would be a great thing a great Gosh. conversation to have. we'll have to have brackets we'll have to have voting oh, there you go. i feel like this is the only true democratic way to do this i, I agree with you i agree with you right. on that. Right. that's another that's another thing mm. to do for another day but yes mm. it, it is finch it's coming to apple plus please share us your thoughts if you're interested in Tom Hanks' latest movie, Finch, now available on Apple+. Plus. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we head on out, The Harder mm. They Fall is now on Netflix. And yes. the reason why I want to go ahead and promote this movie, because it looks really good. I had a chance to go ahead and check out the trailers. And I'm really excited to go ahead and check this out as a movie. It stars some of my favorite actors over the past couple of years. Idris Elba, who's done some great work earlier this year with concrete cowboys which was finally released to netflix and it's just deserving of so much praise in fact variety had it as its movie of the year like halfway through the year so a lot of people really are liking that regina king she has just been so tremendous at the watchman was she was just so awesome in that film and she really was yeah yeah, and and she has a director she's done great things in the past couple years and She's just a tremendous performer. But yeah, you're seeing all of these great actors in this movie, The Harder They Fall. And the Western genre, it's kind of had its ups and downs in the modern era here ever since, you know, the turn of the century. You know, there's been, it's been kind of up and down, but I'm hoping The Harder They Fall will connect with audiences. Yeah, I think it's going to, honestly. So Sometimes through the week, what I'll do is I will designate certain movie nights. This week, it's Sunday night. So after Vampires and Vitae, after the live stream, after we, you know, have uh, everything cleaned up and the the set taken back down again and, and all of that stuff, the plan is to sit down and watch this movie specifically. I'm waiting to do it. I'm not waiting to hear other people's reviews or anything like that. I'm just waiting until I can actually sit still not have my phone in my hand and not being worried about looking stuff up and making sure that something got taken care of. I really wanted to find time where I could sit down and truly watch and enjoy a Western. It's been so long since we've been able to do that. It is The Heart of They Fall on Netflix. 
If you have thoughts on this movie, we really love to hear them because this movie, I think, is going to do really well for Netflix. And of course, you know, with over 210 million subscribers now, there should be plenty of people that should be able to go ahead and check this out after they're finished with the Squid Game and before <laughs> Tiger King 2, which Carol oh Baskin is now suing because Ooh. she's her footage of her on that. And uh, it's mm-hmm. getting crazy with that again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll talk about that here in a sec. But it is The Harder They Fall on Netflix. Please, if you get a chance to check it out, share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, this is going to be the easy point of our month because we can relax now because we're at the end of the show. But the next three weeks are going to be amazing for pop culture coming up because you've got so many things coming up in the not too distant future because when we come back on next week's show we're just going to be starting off that 10-day period of time where the video game world the movie world and the tv world the streaming world it's all going to be colliding with so many different things from disney plus day you've got the video game releases you've got so many things that are out there movie releases not to mention if there's any trailers coming out there's going to be so many things to talk about. Can we handle it all? Yes, <laughs> because you are you and I am me. Of course we can handle it all. Okay, I, I hope so. But <laughs> for all your updates, you want to go ahead and check out Facebook Pop Culture Cosmos, where you will actually see firsthand the number one tabletop RPG streaming outlet right there for you in Pop Culture Cosmos. But you also get the latest news and trends in pop culture. We'll be reporting it all. I mean, there's going to be a ton of stuff. Plus. We're going to be showcasing over the next few weeks if there's any good deals out there for Black Friday. Walmart just started dropping some of its Black Friday sales. They're going to be sprinkling out due to the supply shortages and what's going on with the world today. They're they're going to be sprinkling out. They just dropped some stuff earlier this week. And in fact, you'll be able to get it in stores as you hear this on Friday. This is going to be tough if you can go ahead and get in stores because a lot of people are going to be you know looking forward to it. But there are going to be some stuff like, for instance, they dropped a 55-inch television for 229, which I know a lot of people have already tried to get online and unfortunately could not get because it's sold out. <laughs> sure, but yeah. yes, I mean we're going to be seeing over the next few weeks leading up to Black Friday some of these retailers trying to get a jump on everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Black Friday is turning just into a two week long sale period More and I'm than here that. for it. Cause I mean, I, I like getting my Christmas shopping done in November. <laughs> I'll take care of that. I don't mind. That's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. What's Rob going to get for Christmas? You tell me. No one will ever hear this. It's okay. okay. Tell me. Like last year we got a record player. So this year it's, he's getting a lot of albums and he's been really into Elton John lately, which is kind of random, but it's, he's obsessed. I, every well, time Elton John's come back, you know, yeah. they got the remix that's hitting the top of the charts and he's actually on another prominent pop stars song as well. So yep. Elton John's back. Yeah. Rob is feeling it. That's for sure. So I think he's probably going to get a couple of Elton John records, stuff like that. So yeah, that's what we're looking at for Christmas this year. It's going to be a very musical Christmas. Don't tell him out there. Don't tell him. That's just between us. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But it is going to be an amazingly busy month with all the announcements, mm-hmm. with all the trailers, with all the movies, with all the video games, with everything come out, plus all the specials that we're also going to showcase at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. We'll try to report as much here as we can, but please 
for all the updates, Facebook, Pop Culture Cosmos. Been doing it there for years. That's where I send everything out there. So please check it out today, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But I'm looking forward to it, my friend. I'm looking forward to a very busy November, but in a fun way. In a yes. fun way, yes. yes. It's going to be tough because what will I cut out? What's not going to make the pop culture cosmos and PCC multiverse? There might be so Ooh. much stuff. We might be on overload. Oh, my gosh. Are we going to do extended episodes? We might have to do that. <laughs> we might. We might if we have time. Well, we'll probably do an hour, and then I'll probably put the rest of it on the pop culture cosmos podcast channels. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could do that. So we'll see. If if necessitates, we'll just go ahead and do it. We'll be prepared. We're ready. Right. Mm-hmm. We're ready for November to remember indeed. Yes. I'm going to start doing push-ups and oh, burpees. Is that? Bur- yes, burpees, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll just probably drink something and then burp. How about that? Yeah. That's not what a burpee is. Okay. Yes. But I know. But just maybe some blood. What? <laughs> no. So for Melinda Barkhouse, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Hello, I am the monster of the Monster Sci-Fi Show. You may be confused, but I am the superior version of the monster, and not just some variant. Much like me, this podcast is burdened with glorious purpose. I'm here to say this podcast delivers timely sci-fi and pop culture news plus movie and TV commentary reviews. In the end, is this not simpler? Subscribe to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view, the Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.